Have you been looking for a skincare regimen for problematic skin? Well, search no more. Koei Body is a black-owned skincare line that focuses on problematic skin ranging from oily, dry, acne, or even anti-aging. Me personally, I use the trio set. Um, you can catch me using the Matcha Peppermint Facial Cleanser, following it up with a nice scrub. It's the Lemongrass Eucalyptus is the one that I recommend. It smells amazing. And then I follow it up with the body butter and, and add that to my face as well. So again, if you are looking for a skincare regimen that is created by someone that looks like you, who knows those pores, who can get in and clean that face just the way that you need it, check out Coe Body. Use code BITCHESLOVEBRUNCH for 20% off and tell them that your girl sent you. Thanks and back to the show. Of the Bitches Love Brunch podcast. I'm so excited that you guys have come back. Season four is kicking off. We've had two lovely guests join us. And then this week, one of my homeboys is going to join us. Um, and I'll introduce y'all to him later. But just a recap from the last brunch that we had. We had Randy come on from Kuwait Body. Um, and Coate Body is a skincare line that Randy started in Cleveland. So if you guys heard that episode, go use my code. Um, get some discounts off of your Coate Body. Go check Randy out. She is such a sweetheart. We had so much fun. Um, I think she had a little bit too much tequila, and I think that I did too the last brunch that we had. So it was a good time. But um, yeah, we love Randy. Use the code for the Bitches Love Brunch podcast. And um, show Randy some love because she deserves it. Um, we talked about her passion project turning into entrepreneurship. And everybody knows that I love a hustler. Like, Randy is is really getting it out the mud. She's doing amazing. Um, we talked about community engagement and just different social purposes that were tied to her business. Um, and so we had a good time doing that. And, you know, I'm wishing Randy will. She's going to come back on the show probably in the next season and catch us up in terms of what she's doing. But this week, like I said, I said, Jerome in the house. Jerome in the house. <laughs> Watch your mouth. So I have my homeboy, Jerome Tillman, with me. Uh, well, he's not technically with me, and we'll talk about that, but he is joining us on the show and going to pop some shit with me over brunch. And so, Jerome, what's up? Man, what's going on? Slow motion better than no motion, you know it. Uh, that's the truth. That's the For truth. Sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, just consistent yeah. at this point, just one foot in front of the yeah, other. Yeah, one foot in front of the other, because, you know, it's easy to get tripped up, but I don't, I don't got to get there fast as long as I can get there. That's a fact. And, you, you know, know, sometimes I get tripped up because my shoes be on top, but I'm <laughs> <laughs> Loop, soup, and pull. What'd you say? Loop, soup, and pull. 
<laughs> what kids you been around trying to teach them how to tie shoes? Not a whole lot, Lou. I will say that. Not a whole lot. <laughs> no, that's funny. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Um, well, I'm glad to be here. I'll make some time to make it happen. And really making time. Like, can we talk about how you showing me so much love right now? The time difference. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm in Japan now, so it's 14 hours ahead, so it's 10.30 in the morning. So, uh, you know, I'm a morning person, so, you know, it's it's, it's nothing nothing too big. Uh, so, yeah, I had to, you know, make some time for my dog real quick, you know. Around 10.30 in the morning. You want to see me first thing in the morning and talk shit? That's, that's the yeah, way that yeah. you are, are today. And it's your Saturday. I ain't going to say I woke up choosing violence, but, you know. Hey. <laughs> Silly. You are silly. So, of course, I know that you're in Japan, and um, we're going to talk more about that in detail, but I just want our listeners to know, like, why are you in Japan? What what you doing in Japan? All right. Well, um, I am a professional basketball player. I've been playing for 13 years. The last eight years I've been in Japan playing professionally. Um I love it. You know, I'm able to travel, do what I love to do, which is hoop. Um, and I get to travel um, and see different things. So it's a win-win for me. Uh, you know, I don't have a traditional nine to five. I work three hours a day, I guess, practice and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I love it. I love what I do. Um, I'm going to do it till I can't do it anymore. And, you know, we gonna, uh, you know, after that gets done, I'm figure out something else and then we'll grow with it. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's absolutely nuts. And as the listeners know, we usually like to get into the show and pass the mimosa. And what that means is we share what we're drinking. And so it's 1030 in the morning for you, which is a Saturday, which I always encourage mimosas on a Saturday in the morning. But you have practice. So got practice. So I get y'all. I stick with the water because uh, if I start drinking early, uh, I don't drink too too much. But before practice, it's not gonna be a good look. Yeah, you know you gotta go to work. You gotta go do your thing. And so yeah. I wouldn't. Um, I'm gonna drink for the both of us though. That's cool. I, I can I can rock with that. Because what is it? What did I say it was Saturday night? So it's it's actually Friday. Friday, Friday morning. morning. Yep. My bad. I thought it was Saturday morning, but it's my Thursday night, um, and I'm going on fall break tomorrow from the university. And so, I poured me up some apple cider and Uncle Nearest. Mm, I don't think I've ever had that combination. You know what? I was going to go pick up some wine, which is usually what I do, and I was like, you know, I'm just going to rock with what I got in the house, and um. I love apple cider and I love the fall. And I was like, I have some Uncle Nears here. Got me a little branded glass because I went to okay, Uncle Nears lunch. And so I was like, I'm just going to drink this premium whiskey. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I, I kind of graduated. You know, I still do the liquor, but I kind of graduated a little bit the last year and a half or two years to just red wine. So yeah. for me, being an athlete, I, I can't drink like I used to. You know, I went, as you know, we went to OU. Them yeah. day, those days are over with. And I don't want to feel like, wake up in the morning and feel like I got hit by a bus. Listen, so. those days are so long gone. Um, I can't do what I used to do on those nah, days. Not and I'm sure. not trying to. No, not at all. 
Um, I've had this bottle of Uncle Nears actually since December. Okay. December is approaching again. So. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. A minute. We gonna have to get you. I have to get you some. Get you on some Japanese whiskey. Got to bring some back for you. What is it? Yeah. Okay. Is it good? It's 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 pretty good. It's one of those things where like you know you have people over. It's the whiskey and stuff for the people coming over, and then like your personal stash. Like everybody doesn't get to drink this, so everybody doesn't get to drink the Japanese whiskey. The Japanese whiskey, yeah, because it's not you know it's not cheap, but it's not expensive as well. Like on the higher end, but it's right. you know special occasion. It goes in the you know in in the shelf, you know, underneath the stuff where people can't get to it. Look at you trying to teach me something. Hey, I mean, you know, you look, look, Yamazaki, Yamazaki's pretty good, and uh, Hibiki's pretty good too. Wow. Do you speak any Japanese? Uh, I speak a little bit. If you want me to be honest, I speak enough to get through day to day and not yeah. get messed up. So I'm not fluent in Japanese by any means. All right. All I know is Konnichiwa, and I learned that from yeah. Rush Hour. <laughs> <laughs> Konnichiwa, Kumbawa. You know, I know, I know, I know what I needed. I know a little bit of something, something. Yeah, you gotta learn whatever you can to get by while you yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, because so. if not, you you gonna be stuck like Chuck. Oh man, but yeah, I'm I'm here for the Japanese whiskey. So when you come home, whenever that is, when you come home again? Probably <laughs> May. In May. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. Okay. All right. So we well, I like to also start the podcast with the affirmation, um, which I think is good to declare, you know, how you want to feel, how to set the tone. And so the affirmation that I chose um, for us today is I'm embracing a new season of discomfort and growth. And so I just wanted to feel affirmed in that just because I think right now I'm going through an interesting season of hella discomfort and I feel like I'm growing rapidly and I remember you know just playing back I like to pull from what I've accomplished in in my past and one of those things is just like living overseas and you know um, feeling discomfort doing that when I've adopted different careers and different roles and stuff like that so I knew that you could probably understand where I was coming from oh yeah for sure for sure for sure. I think uh, that's perfect. Um, you know, being uncomfortable, being out of your comfort zone, that's the only way you really can grow. Um, a lot of people, I think they get so used to being comfortable and doing things day to day, to day or whatever the case may be and get and used to a routine. And then, you know, they look up and they're not where they want to be. But, you know, for you to continue to grow and, and progress and aspire to be do great things, you got to. You're going to have to be uncomfortable. Like, it's not going to be pretty. Um, it's not going to feel good at times. But, you know, and that you can look back and say, like, okay, I, I made it. Like, look where I came from. Look where I'm at now, you know, and continue to keep uh, improving. Right, right. That's that's a that's a fact. Nobody likes being uncomfortable, though, because nobody likes to grow. Mm-mm. It's growing pains. Mm-mm. Yeah, of course, of course. But, you know, it's, e- it's easy for you to get stuck in that mode, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you got to – you know, I always want better for myself and for those around me. So, you know, I'm able to know what the discomfort feels like. And even when I'm in a discomfort, know that like, hey, this is this is going to benefit me in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. And I think athletes, too, they I feel like y'all pull from a lot of just 
physical challenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, that that type of determination and dexterity that you need just to be competitive with mm-hmm. your body. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's a different level of um, commitment and just follow through that a lot of people, you know, don't, we don't have that discipline on a day-to-day basis like athletes mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty dope. Yeah. I commend y'all. I commend y'all. And I've been watching you hoop for, it's been a while. So you, you hooped when we were at OU together. So not only are you a professional athlete now, but you were a college athlete too. And so with that, like how, how long have you been playing basketball? Sheesh. Uh, man, I graduated high school in 05. I played four years of high school. Uh, four years of high school, graduated. Let's just start from college. Four years of high school, um, graduate high school 05, played all four years in, at OU. And then I traveled to France, uh, Germany, Spain, Israel. Wow. And, and then I've been in Japan the last, I think, eight years. So that's professionally 13 years, but like unofficially, probably more close to. 21 years if you count high school. Wow. So, uh, that is- I don't really count before prior to high school because it's like, you know, you don't really know what you're doing then. Yeah. So. yeah. But you're still hooping. You still, I mean, if you wasn't in the gym then, you wouldn't have found that you had the passion for what you are doing now. That right. still counts. Right. Yeah, it does. You're right. It does. You know, in those years when you're younger, you know, it's the more the fun of the game. Like, I still have fun in the game now, but also, too, you know, I understand, like, yo, this is your job. So, um, you know, if you're doing something that you love and it's, it's not really – I don't really consider my job, but other people could do that, but could consider that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you got the fun of it. You know, you always just try to make some fun out of – you know what you're doing. Um, like I said, I enjoy it. I'm able to travel. I'm blessed. Been doing it for so long. You know, I know yeah. people that have done it longer than me. Uh, so I just want to keep it going, keep it rocking. Wow, that is that is a blessing. That is definitely a blessing. And you are from where are you from? Are you from Beaver Creek? I'm from Beaver Creek, uh, Dayton, Ohio. Nine three seven. We gonna stand up. Uh, Rebel Ohio. <laughs> you know, so uh, you know, it's, it's not. What'd you say? Dave Chappelle been repping your heart. Isn't he from yeah. around here? He actually is from probably Yellow Spring, which is like 15 to 20 minutes from where I grew up. Yeah. 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 So uh, I actually, I used to run into him uh, at the LA Fitness in Beaver Creek when I used to come home in the, in the during Christmas time working out. I used to be there early in the morning working out in there. Uh, so it was it was cool to see him. It was cool to see him. Oh, that's funny. I can't imagine yeah. Dave Chappelle in the gym. He probably bring a cigarette in there with him. No, I don't think he had a cigarette. He actually told me uh, I was in the in the gym shooting. He's like, you know what? What, what college you go to? Um, I was like Ohio University. He's like, oh, it's Ohio State. Normally, I would fry somebody for right. confusing Ohio University and Ohio That's State. Dave but Dave Chappelle, I decided I'm like, nah, I ain't gonna get him. I can't do it because he will probably he will probably fry me literally. I was gonna say it's not that you gonna get him. Nah, he gonna get me. Literally, yeah. But he was, you know, speaking to him, he was a cool dude, man, real down to earth. So, yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. Well, shout out to Dayton, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I have so good people. Come on, I'm like that. <laughs> I know good people, you from around the area, and then other people from surrounding areas in Dayton. And, um, you know, y'all got the right brothers. 
Yeah, you know, we got White Brothers, you know, we got the Air Force Base, you know, we got a uh, got a few things, man. A few things. Yeah. yeah, I've been to Beaver Creek Mall before. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, we got Fairfield Commons. We got a, got a couple things. Got a yeah. couple things. Look at you. I'm listen, I'm all things Ohio. We're all born Buckeyes, so they say. So. Yeah. I mean, Buckeyes, Bobcats, Bob, I mean, you know. Definitely a Bobcat yeah. before a Buckeye. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I love that you've been playing basketball for so long and so committed to, you know, your craft. You know, like I said, it takes a lot of dedication. It's not just the basketball games. Like you said, you're training every day for like three hours a day, which I guess is good when you think about it when you're like my age. Now, you're a little bit older than me, but when I think about it, I would love for somebody to work me out for three hours a day and call it work. So you can stay fit or whatever, but aside from that, <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it has its, it has its, like I, I've I've noticed as I've gotten older in my career, like I have to do more to kind of stay, keep the maintain and stay. You know, I'm not I'm 34, I'm not 24. Like I'm not, yeah, you know, fresh. I eat whatever you want to eat, and you know, I kind of take here and there. But uh, you know, I, I I enjoy it. You know, being able to just. Especially in the off season, you know, I train twice a day, so I'm, I pretty much my day gets started at eight o'clock. I'm done by twelve, so you know, I yeah. focus in on those hours and I'm able to do something after that. Um, you know, over here, it's a little different because you kind of have practice in between uh, in there too. You still got to get your lift in. You know, you might got yeah. film or you might want to get some extra shots and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, it, you find a good schedule and a good try to find a good balance um, to you know work and then you know yeah off the court stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, I can. I don't. I don't know how, but listen, that sounds intense, but great. Yeah, Somebody hey, gotta do it. You do it. You got. to do. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, sometimes so. it's just hard for me to get to the gym, and it's down the hall. Nah, come on now. It's down the hall, Jerome. You just gotta get up and do it. That's it. That's really ain't, it. The hardest part is getting there. Ain't nothing. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. <laughs> nothing to it but to do it you know i think uh especially now too i mean with the way you know the food is and the climate and the health and stuff like that in the, in the black community i think it's important that, that we do really monitor and really when we have an opportunity to work out and exercise yeah. like be fit because you know not being fit you know we have generational diabetes and you yeah. know high blood pressure you know heart conditions and things like that you know it's at this point it's about your health um, so yeah. you want to be able to try to get yourself, you know, the best opportunity to live a healthy life. And, you know, I want to, when I have kids, want to be able to see my kids play around with my kids, my, my kids, kids, you know, and hopefully my kids, 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 you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's the goal. That's the goal is to be around and be able to see the fruits of, and not just the fruits of your labor. I think a lot of times when people think like, I want to see the fruits of my labor, a lot of it, it has to do with like monetary Mm-hmm. Um, and things like that, but to see like generations that's gonna come behind you, yeah. I think one of those things that we don't talk about when we say that we want to see the fruits of our labor, and you know those monetary things, people can blow money just like they can yeah. acquire money, but you know seeing humans walk this earth that mm-hmm. that look like you, that you know share a lineage that you are proud to pass down, I think that's one of the dopest things that you can do. Definitely. And I just. I love it, especially the black family. Like the black yeah. family is one of the coolest things definitely, that definitely. I think God has ever created. He he did a number when he created us. Oh yeah. But, definitely threw a little bit of extra sauce in there, a little you little sauce. Little hot sauce in there. 
Some without sauce, hot sauce, you know, whatever <laughs> sauce it was. And he he did he did his thing when he did us. So one of the things I did want to talk to you about, and that I think that you do pretty well, even just you and I had kind of lost touch for a while and then just jumped back in like nothing ever happened, which is what I love about OU. Like it's nothing like that OU camaraderie and just having those type of friendships you can bounce just back from or back to. And mm. so um, one of the things that I know that's been huge and like media is athletes just saying athletes. And one thing about you is that you're not just an athlete. You know, we talk about a lot more than just your athleticism and your time in Japan and things like that. So how do you feel about some of that controversy about, you know, athletes just sticking to their sport and not branching out from that? And even, you know, when people go to school, from what I saw, just people really banking on athletics and and things like that. What do you you think about that? I think that athletes, if they really just focus on athletics, they're kind of selling themselves short. Um, one example, I think um, LeBron has done a phenomenal job of showing professional athletes that, listen, hey, you can do other things other than play basketball. Like you can enter into different realms of whether that be investments, he's in film and, you know, different things to diversify and use this platform to affect change or to even not even necessarily affect change in the world, but also like in your family, you know what I mean? Like putting your your people on and things like that. Uh, So, you know, I always try to be not just solely like, Oh, he's an athlete. He's an athlete. You know, there's more to me than just playing basketball. Like basketball is what I do is not who I am. You know what I mean? Um, So I just try to be well-rounded like, and in different, just different things. Like, yeah, you know, Hey, that's what I do. Cool. But, I like to read. I like to travel. I like to, you know, experience different cultures. You know, I like to joke with my friends, you know, just different things like entrepreneurial things, um, you know. So, you know, you got to try to be well, well versed and well rounded because at the end of the day, there will come a time where, you know, you you can't play forever, you know, whatever, whatever sport that is. So, you know, you have to be able to have something to fall back on or something to fall back on and, you know, something to do outside of, you know, your sport because, you know, you just it's not going to last forever. Yeah. You hear my puppy in the back going crazy. I do. I right do. now, squeaky toy. I yeah, want to go. On podcast. Right. <laughs> He's going nuts. Um, but no, I agree with you. Like, I think LeBron is such a perfect example. And, you know, another fellow Ohio you know like, Midwest mm-hmm. kid. Well, for me, a Midwest kid. And I guess Ohio, Dayton, you would consider Midwest. Do you think Dayton's the Midwest? Yeah, it's Ohio, Midwest. Yeah, but y'all like close no to... No boys like that. Y'all close to Kentucky. I would say like y'all still a little Southern. No, we, we not Southern. Y'all like 30 minutes away from oh, Ohio. Ohio is, is Ohio is the Midwest. However way you cut it. Yeah, it's debatable though. Like when you look on the map, it's debatable about Ohio truly being in the Midwest. It's more Eastern, but an- like we said, another Midwest kid... If you win by one point or win by 30 points, you're still a win. It's true. It's true. So I'm going to rock with it. Yeah. Yeah. But LeBron, I love LeBron. LeBron feels like a cousin to me because, you know, just Akron's only 30 minutes down the road from Cleveland. Mm -hmm. And then watching his career expand since he was literally like in high school when he was at St. Ed's. And then, you know, not even just seeing him as an athlete, but 
there was a um, a podcast that I was listening to not too long ago called, have you heard of Earn Your Leisure? I love it. I listen to it all the time. Yes, yes. And I they were interviewing an athlete, and I forget his name, but he was... I'm going to embarrass myself because I don't really know football teams that well. Um, the Seahawks. That's not true. Okay. Seattle Seahawks. He was a part of the Seahawks. And one of the things that he was talking about in his Earn Your Leisure, on his Earn Your Leisure episode was that when he was an athlete there, he actually took on an internship at Google and mm. a finance department and fired like his agent, started negotiating his own contract. Mm. Um, it was just amazing just like the knowledge that he acquired because of where he was I guess not even so much as an athlete but just where he was geographically and taking advantage of the opportunities that were around him and that looked a little bit different than what you would see some athletes do with where they are in their locations you know what I mean like you, it's rare that you hear somebody especially a professional athlete being like I signed up to be an intern you know, like <laughs> that's rare, but he's a human. And as a human outside of just his athletic ability, he decided to, you know, acquire more knowledge about the financial industry and ended up just being honestly just cold with it. And I just think right. that is awesome. And I and I love that, you know, not only have I been blessed to know athletes and professional athletes like you, and I have, you know, other friends who are in different arenas like the NFL and things like that, there's so much more than just people so-called saying dribbling a ball. They're really wholehearted people who want to get to know and educate themselves and help their community. And so I love that. And I think that, um, you know, just going to college and living on the West Green and then now working at a university and seeing kids want to go to school and really want to bet on themselves in the league, which is nothing wrong with that. It's nothing wrong. Follow your dreams and land at wherever you wherever you may. But you're a whole person. And outside of that, you know, I always want to stress to them, like, we can find two other areas of your life while you still mm -hmm. build that athleticism, too. Cause you always want to be well rounded, you know what I mean. You want to be kind of, you don't want to always put all your eggs in one basket. So you know, yeah. for me personally, I, I didn't want to just necessarily. Granted, like basketball worked out for me, you know. In, in some cases, for other people, it didn't work out. But also too, like, as, as I'm getting older, I want to, you know, diversify a little bit and make sure I, I'm open to other opportunities. Because like I said, the ball does go flat, so I got to find something to fall back on. Yes, I have a, a business degree from Ohio University, but what, how am I going to use that and how am I going to use the experiences that I've had on the court to funnel into fun things off the court? You know what I mean? So, um, like, I think in this generation now, we have more access to things that we I might not have necessarily had when I – like when I came out, you know what I mean? Or like when I was younger in my career, like the, the, the young athletes now, they have more wealth, more, and I think access, and they have more access to the knowledge. Because um, yeah. there's this stuff I'm continually learning now that, like if I'd have known this 10 years ago, like I'll be in a completely different different uh, position. But also too, that's part of the progress, part of the journey. You know, I, I, I never look back, oh, I wish I would have did this. Like everything's a learning experience, you know what I mean? So I'm always constantly trying to learn something and being able to um, increase my knowledge. Because um, maybe I might not necessarily use it right now, but maybe 
two, three, four years down the road, I'm able to, you know, go back to that. Like, oh, I remember I read something about this. Da, 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 and the opportunity presents itself. Then boom, I'm in there. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. 100%. Yeah. And now you have your own brand. I do. Um, I started it. COVID was crazy. Um, and I think that's another thing. COVID, like, yeah. forced people to get out of side of their comfort zone and be like, hey, listen, like, no job, no nothing. Like, let me, I got to, let me go ahead and start something. So, you know, I always, I love t-shirts. So yeah. I wanted to start something that I could actually wear like my own thing, like have something of my yeah. own. You know what I mean? Um, it's called Uncommon, U-N-K-M-N, um, Uncommon Clothing. Um, I started it in 20, 2020, right after COVID. Um, like our season had got canceled. So I was at home yeah. early and I'm like, all right, let me, you know, let me brainstorm some stuff going on. Uh, and I started that. Um, I'm not as far along as I want to be, but that's that's cool. I mean, you know, yeah. you know, it's like a crock pot. So uh, you know, we just do kind of t-shirts and a little bit of athletic apparel here and there. Um, so I mean, I, it's mine. Like I don't, I don't really. Yeah. It doesn't bother me that I'm not where I should be because I'm like I own this. Like this is my thing. So you know, I got some other things I want to get into, whether it be like real estate. Uh, you know, at, at some point I want to own my own, like you know, training facility and things like that. So, um, you know, I love it, man. I love the, the progression. I'm always about the progression, always about the process. You know, I think now we always in the microwave era, like we want everything to happen like this. So, you know, I'm not like that. Like, you know, I, if I'm gonna get to a million, like I don't need a million tomorrow. Like, but over the course of, you know, five years, like, let me go ahead and get to the million. I still got it, you know? So, uh, but I love it. I mean, I love it. I think that's dope. When I saw that you started your brand Uncommon, um, one, I, it took me a while to get the pronunciation right. And I'm glad that you put that on your page. I was like, un- mm, yeah. but um, when I realized what it said, I was like, this is really neat. So what does that name mean to you? How did you choose that as a brand name? Honestly, I've always tried to be not like everybody else. So I've always tried to forge my own way. Um, and like, I wanted people to look at me and say, you know, like he's not the the, the regular athlete. Like he's, he's got, he's, it's something more about him. You know, I kind of want to stand out in a positive way. And I think I, you know, over the course of my life, I've been able to, you know, have positive impact on people and stand out in that way. So, you know, I'm thinking like, Hey, that's uncommon for, you know, people to be like that and athletes to do like that. Like I have a bunch of, you know, friends that, you know, say, man, you just, you just different. Like you different. Like I'm uncommon, you know? Yeah. I like that. I like that. I think everybody, um, it's wonderful when you see people start to develop themselves and come Mm -hmm. more into themselves. I think that the more time that you spend on this earth, as I'm learning, as you get older, as I say, you know, you gain wisdom, you're able to look back over your lifespan and be like, oh my gosh, this is who I am. This is the kind of person that I am. This is the kind of character that I possess. And this is what I want to start to leave behind. Cause you know, mm-hmm. you start to really understand your legacy and understand your story and the position that you in. And so I think that that's beautiful. I think that that's really, really dope. And so one of the things that you said that stuck out to me, which I cannot relate to, which I need to pick your brain about, um, is that it's, it's yours, you know, it's yours and you own it and you don't feel bad about it not being where, you know, essentially where you want it to be long term. Mm-hmm. I 
I get anxiety because for me, um, I feel like I put myself under the pressure cooker because when I took a break from the podcast to deal with life and Courtney transition out and things like that, I was like, yo, this is mine, but the people want it. Like, when am I going to get right, back right, out? Right, 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 right. Um, but like you said, I come from, I'm a little bit younger than you. And so, you know, that microwave generation where it's like, Let's see it develop right now. And it's not like that. It does take time. It does take intentionality. And it's about the journey. Right, right. I think I posted on my Instagram yesterday, like sometimes it takes years to become an overnight success. So people see, they see the the success overnight, you know, but you don't know how long I've grinded for this or how long like it took for me to get to this point. Um, And I think also too, you know, social media plays a part is, you know, Nobody on social media posts their failures. It's not gonna happen. So they all all you see is the success. So you think, oh, it should happen like that, it should happen overnight. Like, it, no, it's not gonna happen that way. You know, it took me, you know, years of trial and error to figure to get me to this point where I'm at now. And I was able to look back and be like, hey, listen, like I kind of prayed for this. Like I, I look forward, and like if you would tell me 10 years ago I was gonna be where I'm at right now, like this, I wouldn't have believed it. But through, you know, kind of a little foresight, you know, prayer and, you know, great opportunities, um, you know, my family and, and friends and stuff like that always support me and, and push me to that next level. I'm able to be where I'm at now. You know, granted, am I where I want to be? No, probably no. But I, I'm blessed to be where I'm at and I always continue to keep striving for more, you know, but you also yeah. got to too pay attention to the journey like the journey you know that's that's the part that's the part where you learn and you're able to look back like when i'm 85 90 years old like dang man i had a really like i got a really good life you know yeah yeah that's a fact i was talking to a friend today and i was telling her that and i don't know if you can relate to this and so that's why i want to ask you this it's like i struggle with contentment um because sometimes i just i just want more you know, I always yeah. want more. I always want to be better. I always want to keep improving myself. I always want to, you know, um, I don't know. I think it's just the the era that we grew up in. Like one of my favorite sayings, and it's so small, but it means so much to me. And Jay-Z says, like, don't be good, be great. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be good, be great. And I'm just like, I want to, I want greatness. I want greatness. And um, do you feel like you find contentment along the journey, even though that you're still striving? I would say for a period maybe of three to four years, I was like content. You know, I'm in the cycle of, okay, got a contract, going overseas, come home, train, got a contract, going overseas, come home, train, got a contract, going overseas. And then, you know, like I said, COVID hit and I'm like, okay, let me sit down. I'm content where I'm at, but let me start getting back to betting on myself and mm. betting on what I like or on, on who I am and who I've developed and like the, t- the person that I am. And then yeah. I, I kind of opened my eyes to so many different like avenues and so many different ideas. Yes. Like I'm content with where I'm at right now, but I'm also, I've always had drive. So that drives me to be like, I want to be the best I can be today yeah. the best Jerome Tillman I can be today and then tomorrow I'm gonna try to be even better than that you know what I mean but I guess my struggle is the balance you know because I can tend to 
overwork myself sometimes, you know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, not take breaks to where I, where I should take breaks. But as I'm getting older, I'm able to figure out how to wiggle in those breaks, but still feel like that I'm, I'm on the grind, you know, and I'm doing right, what I right. need to do, you know? So, um, you know, it, it's, people can say contentment, you know, cause you to be stagnant, which is true, but you also, you have to be, like I said, I keep coming back. You have to be happy with where you are now and how far you've come. So yeah. that could be a level of contentment as well. You know, I, one of the things that I always try to do is um, practice gratitude. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, showing gratitude is probably the highest honor that you can give to the present. You know, mm -hmm. just being grateful for where you are in the moment and grateful for where you've been in the past and, you know, hopeful for where you're going to go in the future. Um, and so I try to exercise gratitude even in the midst of the craziest storms that I've ever experienced, just trying to stay grateful. And so that I do honor where I am in this moment, but always knowing like I'm grateful, but also that still doesn't mean that I don't want to do more or see more or challenge myself and still grow and expand. So I think you're right in that you got to find that balance. You got to find yeah. a balance. I and I don't know if, and I, you know, not too long ago, I was challenging myself and saying that I don't know if balance truly exists. Um, I think it's more so you got to find harmony and in harmony, you'll find moments of balance. Mm -hmm. um, so things are in harmony with one another, you know, because nothing is ever going to be 50-50 because 50-50 means that there's perfection somewhere. And we that's 100%. And I'm a data person, you know, I'm just breaking down the numbers like mm -hmm. balance something is balanced and it's 50-50, like, no, that doesn't exist. Perfection doesn't exist. So you have to find some harmony within, you know, the different ways of life and then find moments of balance between that. Right, right. I agree. I agree. I agree. So I love that you're an entrepreneur, you're an athlete, you're a friend, you're a son, you're a lot of different things. I am. I am. Uh, like, I, you know, I just like I said, I, I, I what I thought I would have been here. Uh, no. Ten years ago. No. But am I where I want to be? No. But I'm going to get there. Like, I'm going to get there. You know, like you said, slow motion is better than no motion. Uh, you know, I take a, a credit to my mom. Uh, you know, she has always pushed me and, and always been behind me, like regardless. You know, I mean, um, so I don't really know what I'll be without her. Uh, you know, I always try to make sure she's straight. So, uh, you know, and I think that's that's another thing that kind of drives me. You know, my mom's getting a little bit older. So, like, I think my goal is, like, I want to retire my mom. Like, I want to be like, yo, mom, like, all right, you want to work no more. It's a wrap. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, um, and then with that, too, being able to leave a legacy for my kids, like, it, leave them something. You know what I mean? Um, so, but also, too. You know, I like I love life. Like I enjoy, I enjoy life. I enjoy the process. I enjoy all of it, uh, the ups, the downs. Um, and I think I've been able to. I've had a lot of ups, but I also had a whole lot of downs too, as well. So I've been able to embrace those downs and like see, like, okay, this is what happened here. Like, let me just go make sure I, I don't do this the next time. You know what I mean? And, and just continue to keep learning. Like I think that learn, like you always got to be constantly learning. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. And shout out to moms for always holding it down. Yeah, she definitely always holding it down. I made, and that's before I left, I always like make sure that 
you know, I flying around the country and stuff like that, making sure that like before I left, like I was going to see mom. Like if it was going to be for a day or two, like I got to make sure I go, I go up there and, and, and holler at her. You know, I love that. I love that. It's, it's, it's something about um, a black mom cheering you on yeah. and that type of um, just belief that they have in you is there's yeah. no way. Right you know, like my mom, she literally thought that I could, Run the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? definitely. You literally will walk up the house like, I'm, I'm really that nigga. Like, I can really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure. For sure. You we know? put the battery all in your back. And, and anybody yeah. try to say something about it, like, yeah, we got, we're going to have to have a conversation. Absolutely. So shout out to the dope black moms um, because that love, that love takes us far. Because like you yeah. said, I don't, you know, I don't think I could have imagined my life 10 years ago. Um, just being a first generation college graduate and, you know, eventually I think before the, like, I think, but before the pandemic, even just living overseas Mm -hmm. and working overseas. And I was just like, I used to dream about becoming a spice girl. and Here I am living in London. Like how did this happen? Spice for real. Um, so (laughs) I couldn't have imagined it. I couldn't have, um, handpicked those cards in a million years. And so, like you said, just, and like we said, just staying grateful for it all. And so because I've lived overseas, not as extensively as you have though, um, living overseas changed my life, Jerome. Like it literally changed my life. It changed not only the, it's kind of like you get this aerial view of everything once you step outside of the United States and you're able to see the world and you're able to see you in a context next to the world, like how small you are in a grand scheme of this big, big place. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you're learning about new cultures. You're hearing different languages, especially you in Japan, you know, for me in London, they spoke English. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it wasn't, wasn't that difficult to like get accustomed to what was going on there. But it's also a challenge to be away from your family and you are a lot further from home than I am. So what do you think are some of the, the like greatest rewards and challenges of living overseas? I think for me personally, I'm able to, I made so many different friends, like, throughout the course of, you know, different countries and different teammates. And, you know, some of them are American, some of them are native, like native in the country. And like those friendships, I think was going to last a lifetime. Like I actually, I know they're going to last a lifetime. Um, And being able to, like you said, like you, you see yourself as a, a, a small scope of like the whole world. Like, and I'm able to see, the way people view us as Americans. Yeah. And yeah. I can I can honestly say like a lot of like we some we be tripping sometimes. Like yeah, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I remember like my one of my teammates uh in France my first season, you know, I, I mentioned introduced myself and you spent some time with him. He's like, you know, you like McDonald's, like you like Coca-Cola? I'm like, no. He's like, oh, all Americans like McDonald's and Coca-Cola. I'm like, well, this one doesn't. So, you know, to see what their viewpoint of us is, yeah. it, you know, it's kind of like, 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 dang, like, they really think that about us? Yeah. So, um, but I, I mean, for me, I've always tried to, like, immerse myself in the culture, you know, like, 
I try different foods, you know, go different places, see different sites and things like that. Like every any country I'm in, I try to embrace like that culture, you know, because that's able. That's something I can just throw into my, you know, my back. Like, yo, I was here. Like, I did this and did that. Did that. So many experiences that just adds to my, you know, my life story. You know what I mean? Things yeah. I can be able to pass on to my, you know, future generations and different people asking my my family or things like that. What do you think are some of the challenges that come with that? Definitely, well, in Japan, definitely the language. Well, even anywhere, definitely the language. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's. It, I think communication is where I think we we missed it. we dropped the ball a lot, like just with anything. And sure. you know, one of the biggest barriers when living overseas is communication. So, yeah. uh, especially you know, on the court, you know, I'm talking to my my teammates, and communication is important in basketball. I'm talking to my teammates in English, like they can't really talk back in. In English to me, they're talking Japanese, so you got to pick up yeah. certain Japanese things and, and stuff like that. Uh, food has never really been a, a, a problem for me because I pretty much eat anything as long as it's not moving on the plate. I'm cool. Uh, That's funny. So That's good I'm, though. Yeah, I'm open to trying new things. You know what I mean? Uh, so I think those are two of the biggest, you know, challenges. I think, uh, and then you know, also being away from my family for so long. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm going to eight to ten months out of the year. Uh, we don't really get breaks for Christmas and stuff like that, especially now with, with COVID to come home and, you know, spend some time with my mom, my family and stuff, my friends and things like that. So, you know, everything's kind of on a condensed schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can definitely see that. And I didn't think about the holiday travel for y'all yeah. and what that means. Cause then you got to come back and then quarantine again and yeah, go to yeah. the it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Be- early before pre COVID, I was able to normally go home for Christmas or right. maybe like right after Christmas and maybe like, you know, once or twice a year. And, you yeah. know, it'd be literally five, five days and I got to be back on the plane to come back. So, you know, those five days, I'm, you know, that's, that's like gold to me, you know? Yeah, yep, that's for sure. That's for sure. Oh my goodness. Wow. Things, the world really has changed. Like yeah. it's stuff that I, I, don't think I had taken it. I hadn't taken into consideration. Um, I do think what you said though, those relationships, like you said, when you go overseas, those are, and and it's funny too, the way that other cultures, um, embrace you. Yeah. Uh, I find that, you know, in America, we do embrace one another, but it is with very, we, we got boundaries. Yes, we have very like strict boundaries in America and for other um, cultures, you know, some of them really do welcome you into their homes, their families, and it really does become like a lifelong bond. And Mm -hmm. that's one of the beautiful things that I loved. And another thing that I love too, not even just living overseas, but I found this even just being first gen and going to college was how it impacted my community in the States. You know, like me... Spending that time in London had caused my mom to like, you know, keep up on London time and what's going over the, on in the politics over in London while I'm there. And, you know, just things that my mom, brother, sister, just friends never had to take into consideration until you're there. So you kind of are expanding their worlds mm-hmm. in, a, in a different way. And so. I heard you say that you talk to your family a lot about your time overseas. What do they think about, you know, you going overseas, living overseas? What kind, um, what does that have for them? Well, my I think they love it. Like 
Oh, I'm talking from a, from a family a family standpoint, and then from an athletic standpoint. Athletic standpoint, I have a younger cousin who is actually. I remember when he was born. He was born actually my senior year in college. So for him, athletically, I'm able to like let him know. You know, he's always. I want to go to the NBA. I'm like, hey man, like listen, the NBA might not be for everybody. Like, yes, I I think you can get there, but you still can go and do a lot of great things outside of you know just the NBA, playing basketball around the world. Like, look at me. I'm able to travel. Um, yeah. And see different things like you know he watches me uh, play play online sometimes um, you know I'm always bringing him back gear and stuff like that so he got I mean teams from ten years ago he's got my gear and stuff like that so I think I'm able to open his eyes basketball wise like hey listen like I want to be like cousin Jay like I yeah. want I want to I want to do what he does um, family wise I think my my mom actually came out to Japan my first year here um, and I think it was her first time like international flight she had just got a passport and like she gets off the plane she's like son i don't know how you do this like i have a new respect for you like i have a new, I have a new respect for you that your mom has for her first trip to go to japan she sounds my mom is a g yeah my mom is a g she's a g definitely but once she got over here and she saw the things i would explain to her or try to like break down to her like she was like like i really like this is open my like I would have never thought this was like this you know like even from yeah. you know the housing you know in my apartment she was staying with me like the 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 door the door sill I'm having to duck in to get through the door sill and even yeah. with the food and then the, the transportation and like you know in Japan we drive on the wrong, opposite side of the road so it's yeah. like she's just like wow like this is like this is crazy this is crazy so um, it makes her appreciate you know the differences between the U.S. and you know, other countries, you know what I mean? Um, so I'm like, I'm glad that, you know, she was able to see that as well. And, you know, hopefully I'm able to encourage people to travel, to try get out and travel because it shows you different cultures. It shows you like to kind of get out of your comfort zone or get outside yourself a little bit. And there's more to life and more to the world than just, you You know, maybe your little box that you, you see it, your lens yeah. that you see it through. So. Yeah. That's a, that's an entire fact. Um, I remember I was on a train back from, um, I went somewhere. I caught a train somewhere in France. I was, I was in Paris and then I went somewhere else. I forget where I went, but, um, Paris is one of my favorite cities in the world, by the way. Really? Yeah. I love it. I love Paris. Paris was dope. Um, it was really cool to go to Paris and just be like, wow, I'm really like, that's the Eiffel tower. Mm -hmm. Um, that's the Moulin Rouge. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was amazing. Shopping, amazing. Like Paris, Paris really is the vibe. And I was there, and I got a chance to visit my godbrother because he was playing overseas okay. for um, a team in Paris. And so, yeah, Paris was dope. But one of the things that it kind of like hit me, I was on this train, and I was like, wow, millions of people are asleep right now while I'm just on this train. Or I'm looking at other people and they're just like living their lives, communicating in French, like not thinking about me, not thinking about what's going on in the United States, not worried about what was happening. That was when Donald Trump was the president. Like they just didn't have a care in the world. And I was just like, this is different, you know? And sometimes I have to pinch myself and remind myself here when I'm stressed out or my anxiety is up through the roof. And it's just like some of the things that you're worried about in the grand scheme, they don't in matter. The grand scheme, it don't matter. You're right. It don't you're matter. Right. Um, and so I use those moments to humble me 
you know, in, in a different kind of way. And so it's so many things I just pulled from that experience. And it's just crazy that you're doing it in Japan because that's Asia is like one of my continents that I want to go to later on just because I know I knew how difficult it was for me to assimilate to London and then to Paris, you know, like in France. It's a culture and, shock for sure. It is. And, you know, London, they speak English. You go to France, they're speaking majority French, but some of them do speak English. I went to Spain, they spoke majority Spanish. Um, and, and some of them still spoke English, but I think it wasn't until I went to Brazil and okay. they did not really speak English at it's, all. Yeah, it's like port, I think it's Portuguese. Portuguese, yeah. And that's when I realized, I was like, I don't think I'm ready to go to Asia yet because they're not going to speak any yeah, English. Yeah, yeah. And the signage is different. And the way that you, tr- like transportation, it's just like, it's a, it's really difficult. So it's, um, it's cool that you just embraced it and just like, this is just, this is going to be what it is. And I'm going to stay and it's, this is different, but it's nothing that I can't conquer. But you, I mean, for me, you, you can't, you can't be closed minded. Cause it's like, all right, like I'm not, I got to embrace the food. Like I, I can't just sit up here and eat McDonald's every day. Like I got to eat, you know, I got to eat, I got to eat food. Like, and I'm going to be here for 10 months. Why not get something out of it? You know what I mean? Why not getting a good experience out of it? So, yeah, you know, true. you can't be stuck. You can't be stuck in your ways. Um, and, you know, that's the, you got to give yourself an opportunity to grow. What's your favorite food there? Man, I love I love Yakiniku, which is Yakiniku is, is like Korean barbecue. But it's, mm. it's but it's, it's really popular in Japan. Shabu Shabu is a uh, it's like a big hot pot of like seasoned water that has vegetables and they like cleanly slice uh, thin thin slices of beef. You kind of put it in the hot water, it, like boils it. A little yeah. bit, it's, it's fire. It's good. Uh, I like everything, really. Uh, <laughs> a konomiyaki, that's like a, uh, I don't really know what type of dish that is. Uh, takoyaki is like deep fried, like squid balls, kind of. Ooh. They cook them on the um, on the street. It's pretty good. Osaka region is, is pretty famous for them. Um, I like those, too. So, um, I mean, I like everything. Like I said, as long as it's not moving on the plate and it's dead and, and, and cooked, I'm good. I know the fashion is crazy out there. Yeah, for women and people who are half my size, I can't do anything. I can't even do anything with it. You know, Uh, you know, you get you get inspired looks and stuff like that. But um, like I said, I'm when I'm over here, I you know, give me a t-shirt or some sweatpants or something like that. I'm cool. Like I don't, I don't do too much. That's funny. That's real though. I didn't think about that. You said for women and somebody half my size. I think the biggest size shoe. I think I found over here was like an 11 in men's. I wear a 15, 16. So I got to bring all my shoes at the beginning of the season or how like somebody sent them to me because good luck trying to find some shoes over here. Basketball shoes, like you get a blowout in the game or something, it's, it's over with. They sell 15, 16s in the U.S.? Yeah. Like in stores? No. I mean, some stores do, but some st- more 15s and 16s, but normally you just have to order them. So. Jerome, yeah. like yeah. you need a- you got your own shoe closet? Yeah, it's pretty extensive too. Yeah. You have to. You have yeah. to. Yeah. Even if it I'm kind of a collector. I'm, I'm I'm kind of a collector, so I got I got some heat. I got a bunch of bunch of stuff. And a size 15, 16, y'all. 15, 16, yeah. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Yeah. Okay, so last question before we wrap up the show. 
What's your best story about Japanese culture? Give me an experience that you had that will always stick out to you. Is it good or bad? It don't matter. Um, I give you two things. Uh, I first got to Japan playing. Uh, they didn't cheer at the games. Hmm? Like, you know, somebody scores. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you know, and I'm like, they didn't cheer. They kind of like did one of these like. And I'm like, like what? what is this? What's, what's, what's going on? <laughs> So, I mean, the whole game, like, I'm playing, you know, and they just, like, kind of clapping, like, a little bit. And But at that time, come to find out, basketball wasn't as prevalent as it is now. So, you know, you it, it was kind of, you know, they, you know it's, they play baseball here. I mean, that's the big, like, sport. Okay. So, I'm just like, oh, wow, this is, like, this is Japan. Like, uh-oh. But after the game, you know, you go around the, um, you know, kind of wave to the fans and stuff like that. Like, I'm getting gifts, like, they gave me chocolates and, you know, Japanese cakes and, you know, somebody gave me T-shirts. And, like, I mean, I, like, I'm literally, like, two arms full of gifts. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, these people really, like, j- they really, like, embrace, like, the, the team and, like, embra- yeah. embracing me, you know. So it's it was very, very kind of shocking because, you know, I've been, in Europe is completely different from here. You know, they yeah. got the big horns and they, they screaming, the big drums, like, they might be cussing you out, you know, and it's crazy, but here is like completely different. Um, so, you know, also too negative, you know, it, it, with them not being able to speak English or being able to understand the broken, some places of broken English, like you kind of, it was a shock that I'm like so much on my own, you know, let's say I get on the subway, you know, my GPS goes out on my phone. Like if you get lost or something, you better remember where you are going yes. because it's going to be, you know, it's hard, very, very hard to try to kind of figure it out. Um, and this is like when I first got over here, it's it's it's, it's changed in the last, you know, eight, five to seven years, you know, with the younger generation and, you know, English being a requirement in school and things like that. Um, so, okay. you know, it just kind of was a it just was a shock, you know, uh, but. I, I mean, I, 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 I'm used to it now. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, no, they cheer now. Okay. Yeah, they cheer now. Yeah, they cheer now. Yeah, they cheer now. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe it was just the team I was on and where I was at. But I mean, I, I think it was across the board. My first year, I'm like, I'm just, you know, like so like proper, you know. And I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm used to hey, mother f you, like I'm used to all that. So, um, but you like I said, basketball has been growing over here. So yeah. you know, it's, it's 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 becoming more of you know kind of the norm. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool, though, that you got to be around there as the, like, the reputation of basketball expands, and you're yeah. one of those peers for them. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Do people definitely. recognize you when you're, like, outside? Are you a Japanese celebrity? I mean, I guess, I guess, I, I mean, I guess you, I guess, I mean, I I stick out like a sore thumb, you know, I'm 6'5", 6'6", so, like, you know, they like, oh yeah, he does something. He's either in the military, he plays sports, you know. So, uh, you know, I wow. can't really hide anywhere. You know what I'm saying? So that's for uh, sure. You know, it's, it's it, it gets kind of. I feel like I mean, you know, like pet smart. You know, people just looking at the dog behind the glass or something like that. But I mean, I'm used to it, so it's it's cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, you see that you know they get the point. Oh, I'm like, you know, just say hello. You know what I'm saying? Like, Kanichiwa. So like, I'm not gonna bite. You know what I mean? 
Um, yeah. But, you know, don't just, you know, stare and, and just point at me. You know what I mean? But, you know, it, it's cool. It's cool. Man, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't let I don't let it bother me, you know. But, yeah. you know, you just you might be in the grocery store. And you see somebody kind of peeking around the, around the corner a little bit. And you know, I'm just like, hey, man, how you doing? You, you doing all right today? And, you know, just keep it moving. Wow. Wow. Look at you, Japanese celebrity, all the way from Beaver Creek, Ohio. Hey, man, I, I'm no, I'm Jerome Tillman. Basketball is is what I do is not who I am. So, you know, it's just, you know, I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed to, to be in this position I'm in. Uh, yeah. You know, I wouldn't have it any other way. Listen, I'm blessed for you joining me and you taking time out of your morning over there in Japan before you go work out and do practice or whatever and just showing me love, you know. Of since course, you know, it. you know it. You know it. I got to come through and, you know, show my dog some love and uh, anything, like I said, anything I can do to have a little conversation and help, you know, I'm, I'm here for it. You've always been the homie because when your senior year was my freshman year. Yeah. So, you know, y'all really embraced me just as, you know, a younger person on campus. And a lot of my friends were older. You know, I was hanging out with um, Ashley Jones and yeah. Rosier and yeah. all of them. And y'all just took me up under y'all wing. Like, I'm cool, too. Yeah, I mean, and- you know, you got to be that way. Um, like I said, my, my friends from... Like I have a very small circle, and my friends from college, like we we still tight to this day. We we we've been tight for over ten years, so you know those my guys. And you know if you good people, you know, um, you know we gonna rock with you. I appreciate y'all. I no appreciate doubt. You. So the last segment on the show. Well, actually, we have two more segments, and they go really quick. So this one is called we leave. We actually leave tips for people. So this is how this works. So, you know, at the end of brunch, about to get ready to cash out, got to leave a tip. Got to leave a tip for your waitress. Always tip your staff. Um, So I'm going to leave the tip, and then maybe you might want to give a tip to somebody. And so we'll see how that works. So right now, I'm going to give a 15% tip to Rory and Maul. So Rory and Maul actually used to be on the Joe Budden podcast. Did you ever listen to that I did not. Okay, so they were Joe Budden's co-host. Um, and I listened to the Joe Budden podcast faithfully for like five years. I love the Joe Budden podcast. And I especially love Rory and Ma. And so they ended up splitting up from the Joe Budden podcast and now have secured a $10 million deal with Stitcher, which is a podcast streaming network or a media network. And okay. so I'm giving them a 15% tip because one, you know, I'm sorry that they left the Joe Budden podcast. Sorry that they broke up the bear. I was, they had a saying where they were like, yeah, are you a friend of the show? I was a friend of the show, Ron. I was a friend of the show. Um, but it's still good to see them, you know, out on their own and doing their own thing. And I'm proud they secured the bag. They secured yeah. the bag. They're still doing something that they love. And, you know, that just gives people, like me and many other people around, I hope, you know, there's still stories that their chapters in. You can still be successful after a chapter ends. And just because it's the closing one chapter doesn't mean that there's not another door opening for you um, mm-hmm. down the road. And so they stay diligent and I respect it. And so I still listen to Rory and Ma and I'm going to keep rocking with them. Yeah. So I'll give my 15% tip. 
Is there anybody that you want to leave a tip to? Somebody that's a trendsetter, somebody doing well, somebody that you just want to shout out and just say what's up? Man, uh, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give two I'm gonna give two tips. Oh, you got money? Yeah, nah, I mean, I'm gonna give a start out. I always I'm gonna give a twenty five percent tip to my mom. Uh, because I'm so appreciative of her and how she is shaped and groomed me uh, when mm-hmm. I was a kid. And also, like, she didn't let me quit. Yeah. So she's always behind me 100%. And, you know, she's like, you know, she's the she's the dopest. She's like, she she is, I don't know, I'm all over stuttering, can't lose my word, but she is, she is dope. And, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at without her. Um, the second tip I want to give is I want to give to, since we're going along the podcast, I want to mm-hmm. give a 20% tip to Earn Your Leisure, uh, those bet. guys over there. I think what they're doing for our community, um, because I'm, you know, in the, trying to get into the business space and things like that, they yeah. are putting the information making the information available that we might not have had years ago. And they're actually helping, you know, progress us to be financially free and create generational wealth. Um, and I think they're doing a phenomenal job with their platform. I try to listen to it every, every week, the market Mondays and the, you know, early leads podcast. I think they're doing a phenomenal job with, um, the delivery, the different guests they have on their show. Um, and they, you know, they kind of, they kind of going going through it with us, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. They're not just taking the information, holding on to it, and then you know charging charging a, a super high premium for it. Like they're giving us the game, right. and it's just up, yeah. up to us to apply it. That's for sure. That's for sure. One of the things that Courtney and I did um, when we find people, or when you leaving a tip that I would agree with or Courtney would agree with, we'd throw some money on that tip. So I'm gonna throw some money on the tip for your mom and for Earn Your Leisure because I oh. rock with them too. I appreciate you. Yes, yes, that's dope. That's dope. And then the last thing we like to do is to leave a brunch spot. So I don't know, was there any that you went to while you were in the States that you want to put people on to? Dang. Uh, And I'm a brunch dude, too. Uh, Bros love brunch, too. They do. Uh, Ooh, this is a tough one. Okay, I got two of them. Oh, ooh, good. I'm, I'm throwing them out here. Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Breakfast at Barney's. Never been. Tell me Phenomenal. more. Phenomenal. My guy Doc over there, it's his restaurant. Uh, phenomenal. It's one of the top restaurants, uh, brunch restaurants in Atlanta. Um, okay. Good. So I would advise you to – it's, it's so packed that you can – Go there, put your name on the list, go back home, get dressed, come back, and, you know, your table will be ready. Oh, I love it. Where? What part of Atlanta? Like, where is it's that? It's downtown. I don't know the exact street it's on, uh, okay. but it's downtown Atlanta. Um, the second one is in Dallas. Mm. What is the name of the place that we went? I enjoy Ellen's. Ellen's, E L L E N, Ellen's. They have a pretty good brunch too, as well. Um, you know, with the mimosas and stuff like that. So I enjoy that. 
Don't quote me on the area it's in is downtown Dallas. Okay. Okay. So, uh, they don't really do. And if you are, I'll give you. I'll give you a bonus one. Oh, uh, if you are in Japan, uh, if you want an American style brunch or something like that, breakfast all day is eggs and things. They got them at pretty much every, you know, big city there. You know, got to get. It's like a wine thing, but they they got the American brunch uh, breakfast. You can get your waffle. You can get your French toast. You can get your eggs. You know all that type of stuff. Uh, they even, I think they even have mimosas too, so you, you can get your look in there too if you want to. Wow, I love that, yo! You show so much love on the brunch side because I was yeah. like, I love to eat, so you know if this is somewhere good, you know I, I'm I'm all for it. I go back to it. Well, I'm gonna put those places in the show notes, and for the listeners, you'll be able to find brunch with Barney's if you in Atlanta, if you in Dallas, you on breakfast at Barney's. Breakfast at Barney's. Yeah. Let me go ahead and make that right. Breakfast at Barney's. And um, then if you ever slide to Japan. We got you covered. I love it, Jerome. So before we exit, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at RomeRome underscore zero three three. You also can find me uh at Uncommon Clothing uh on Instagram. And, you know, I'll give you the links and stuff like that below. And, you know, like I said, reach out to me if you need anything. I'm always available, uh, whether it be business or just to chop it up or, you know, whatever the case may be. I'm an open book. Uh, I'm always looking to try to help people and help the younger generation uh, and, and achieve their goals and do what they do. Listen, we love to see it. We love to see it, y'all. This is a good black man doing great things in the world. And trying to. So I, I stand beside you, bro. That's for sure. And I appreciate you again. Um, listeners, I'm so grateful for you rocking with us. You know where you can find us. I'm on Instagram, Bitches Love Brunch Pod. Um, we are on Twitter now, Bitches Love Brunch Pod. Check out our Facebook group community, Bitches Love Brunch. And we'll have more announcements and more guests coming soon this season. Jerome, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Yes, yes. All right, let me stop. We out.